Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Deeper Still, the women's ministry podcast of Christ Church of Oak Brook. My name is Sue Ann Camfield. I serve on staff here at the church and I have the joy of being the host of this podcast. Here at Deeper Still, we're all about carving out space in our lives to pay attention to what God is doing, what He's doing in our own souls, and what He's doing in the world around us as He calls us to go deeper still in relationship with Him and with one another. So no matter where you find yourselves on the journey, I'm just so glad you chose to join us today. Well, before I introduce our guests for today, before we dive into our content, I do want to remind all of the women listening today that we are taking registrations for If Gathering 2022, a two-day women's event hosted right here on our Oak Brook campus on April 29th and 30th. We have an awesome lineup of speakers, of live worship, of amazing food, giveaways, a marketplace where you can purchase items that benefit under-resourced women around the globe. And of course, it's just a really wonderful time to have fun, to push pause on your daily life, and to connect with other women. So whether you attend either one of our Christchurch locations, or maybe you're connected to another church, uh, or maybe you just are not connected to any church, but you want to come, we would absolutely love to have you. Invite your friends, help us spread the word, but most importantly, register at Christchurch.us forward slash if gathering uh, and um, sign up today. I promise you, you will not regret it. Well, one of my favorite things about podcasting is that I have the privilege of inviting new voices to join us in the conversation. And today I'm excited to do just that as we continue our conversation on the book of Ephesians. Here to help guide us today is a very talented and gifted ministry partner, uh, Kathy Lipinski. Kathy is a member here at Christ Church who's been involved in both of our women's ministry and our student ministry over the last few years, uh, but she also helps lead a women's ministry at the chapel in Hinsdale called Women of Hope, which I'm a big fan of, and so shout out to any of the ladies from Women of Hope who may be listening today. Kathy is a talented teaching leader, she's a small group leader, and just loves to encourage women as they grow in their relationship with the Lord. Kathy is also a regional vice president with Arbonne. She is a team captain for World Vision, where she has run 10 marathons to raise money for clean water around the globe. Kathy is married to her husband, Vince, and she's the mom to their beautiful daughter, um, Lauren. So today we're going to be diving into the first part of Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 21, as Paul admonishes us to imitate the way of God. Christ. And he's going to do that by encouraging us to stay away from certain kinds of behavior and instead invite us to live like Jesus loves, love like Jesus loves through the power of the Holy Spirit, which I think is a pretty good reminder no matter where we're at in this life today. So wherever you are today, whatever you're doing, whatever space you find yourself in, I do hope you'll settle in, you'll saddle up, you'll open to Ephesians chapter five if you have a Bible nearby, Uh, but most importantly, just listen in as Kathy and I go deeper still. Well, Kathy, it is uh, so wonderful to have you with us today. Thank you so much for saying yes to this invitation. Thanks so much, Sue Ann. It's great to be here with you. 
Well, um, Kathy, I, uh, as I was reading your bio, I realized there's just some really great things that you are part of here in our community. And one of the things I'm always so impressed by, uh, other than the amazing woman at Women of Hope, which I really do love that ministry over there, um, but that you have run 10 marathons, and I believe you're getting ready to run your 11th, if that is right. So I just want to give you give a minute and say, what is, what is your heartbeat behind that? Give a shout out to World Vision. How's that going for you? Thanks, Sue Ann. Um, I do love to run, and so it's always nice when I can sneak that into conversation. Um, I really <clears throat> was not a distance runner growing up or anything like that, played sports, but I have found um, a love for distance running um, in my adult life and really challenged uh, myself to kind of run a half marathon about gosh, eight years ago, maybe. And after that, really fell in love with running. And God has used it in my life in many different ways. But one of them was um, discovering the opportunity to run for Team World Vision. And through the opportunity to run the Chicago Marathon um, with a group from this church, um, I just really found my heart just broken for uh, the need for this basic necessity. Mm -hmm. And um, something that we often don't really think twice about, our accessibility to clean water. And so I just decided if that is something I am able to move my feet for and make a difference for in the world, um, that is something that I desire to do and to partner with Team World Vision in that um, quest to end the global water crisis. Which is really amazing because you hear about people that, uh, you know, who si end up running that or sign up, you know, who are not runners, who, um, you know, sit in a church service or maybe hear the vision somewhere and think, you know, I could never do that. But then something in them kind of kicks up. And I love this motivation to uh, run for clean water. I just, I think that's absolutely amazing. It is. And, you know, World Vision, I give them a lot of credit. They take people from nothing to 26.2 miles. And so just incredible training, incredible friendship and community. And um, and again, just this this desire to partner together uh, yeah. to see people have the gift of clean water. Yeah. And you guys, didn't you just start recruiting for the fall, the Chicago Marathon in the fall? We did. Are you in? Uh, <laughs> see, that's how it works, right? It I am not. Uh, but maybe someday I will be in. But if someone wanted to learn, I know this is not a plug for World Vision, but I know so many people here at this church and people listening are just passionate about this. If someone wanted to learn more about how they might start that journey, what would you tell them and where could they go? You know, I would say you can, if you're part of Christchurch, you can go to the Christchurch website, even if you're not and you're local here. Mm -hmm. We we have people who join us from um, all different churches and people who don't go to church. And so we would love for you to be a part of that. You can go to the Christchurch website. You can go to the new Christchurch app. Yeah. Um, you can go to the teamworldvision.org uh, website mm -hmm. and you can find Christchurch mm -hmm. and you can sign up to, to run with us. We're about to start base training um, in just two weeks. And again, don't ever like have any need to have previously run <laughs> it's that's what's so great and about it's really it. is true i met a woman who is in one of our evening bible studies and she's almost 70 years old and she was like i'm doing it they said they would help me and i'm doing it and yes. i thought what an inspiration it is it is it's really amazing to see all of the people who come together um for a part of it that's why i come back every year yes it's for the people yeah i love it well and i i, I see those relationships that are formed and it's just awesome so i'm a fan even though i'm i'm not <laughs> We'll get you out there. It's not, uh, maybe someday. We'll see. I'll finish seminary, and then we can talk about it. So yes. Talk to me in two years. It, and maybe it does I'll, take I'll, a little time commitment. 
That's right. Uh, well, one of the things I love about you all running together is that if you wanted the opportunity to talk as you run and talk about the book of Ephesians, like what a way to merge these two worlds together is to say, go run and then have a conversation about scripture and the Deeper Still podcast as we walk through the book of Ephesians, which we are going to continue actually um, right now. And so, Kathy, before we jump into our verses in chapter five, uh, I always like to remind our audience a little bit of where we've been. And a couple of weeks ago, I had an awesome conversation with Charlie Browning, who is our Butterfield campus pastor. And uh, we talked about Ephesians chapter four and what it means to live a life worthy of your calling. And it was such a lovely conversation. It took some unexpected turns that I think made it better. So if you've not listened to that conversation, I would invite you to go back and listen to that. Charlie is worth uh, worth listening to for sure. But uh, we get to the end of chapter four and Paul is reminding us, just as he is uh, throughout the book of Ephesians, of some of the ways that we need to live our lives as um being rooted in who we are, our identity as children of God, as as followers of Christ. And we've been saying all along this podcast that um, that our behavior needs to reflect and be rooted in who we are. And so we end chapter four. Uh, Paul tells us uh, not to let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. He's telling us some of the don'ts, right? So watch what comes out of your mouth. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Uh, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander. Uh, be kind, be compassionate, forgive as the Lord forgave you. He says all these really beautiful things. And then he begins chapter five by telling us a little more specifically of how we can live that kind of life. And he points us to the ultimate example of how we can live that way by pointing to the example of Jesus. And so um, verse one in chapter five says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. And Kathy, you taught on this passage um, just a couple of weeks ago in our women's Bible study here. You did an amazing job and you used the NLT version of, of this verse that says, imitate God therefore in everything you do because you are his dear children. It takes us back to that identity. Live a life filled with love following the example of Christ. And then I pulled a quote from your teaching because I thought it was so good. I want to sit with this idea of what it means to imitate someone um, because I think we can all resonate that with that. I think it's really important. But you say imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. But we as followers of Christ need to choose wisely who we pattern our lives after. So as you were preparing for this, as you were teaching and dove into uh, verse one especially, what kicked up for you when you thought about this idea of, of what it means to imitate someone and what it means to imitate God? Well, I, I do really love the the verse that says imitate God from the NLT um, because you are his dear children. And that's really um, where my heart went, obviously, as a mother, um, but really any for anyone who has even been around children, maybe you're a teacher of children, but you know that when children are, are little, they copy everything they see, right? And that's that's really how they learn. And so I had that experience, you know, raising my daughter, and I, I shared that when I taught on this a couple of weeks ago, just she, she wanted to do everything I did, right? When I cooked, she wanted to be in the kitchen with her own stuff, you know, her own bowl and spoon. And, you know, I, I saw that kind of repetitively. And I, I think it's interesting that Paul kind of directs us to that same concept. We are God's children, 
and we're to imitate him as our father. And I think, um, Suanne, as you just said, it's really, it's the perfect source uh, of something to imitate. And I, I think it's, you know, God is good and God is right and God is true. And so he is the, the source. He's the only source that we can trust um, as we look to follow in someone's ways, as we look to imitate, um, that that's really the only place we can start. That's right. That's right. Because it's so easy for us, I think, especially as women, um, but really for anybody. I mean, we can look at the world around us and we can see all these different things that we want to imitate. I know for me, um, so I'm not a runner. I used to be at one point in my life, but I was an athlete in college. I've been an athlete my whole life. And so the things that I want to imitate is in my in my workout life um, are the women that I see that are just lean and fit and like, uh, you know, have a six pack abs and like all these things that I think, uh, okay, that's what I want to imitate. Or I see people who um, have beautiful homes and I think, okay, I want to imitate what their home looks like. Or people who have these beautiful children and I think, oh, I want to imitate their parenting style because that's going to get me better children. And, you know, I, I have lovely children. I'll say that on the record. But, you know, all of these things that we choose to imitate that can run us into trouble if that's all that we're looking for. You know, I think it's really important for us to be cautious about that mm-hmm. because there are so many more ways, I think, that we get the opportunity to imitate things, right? We get the opportunity to follow or to copy other things that we see, right? The um, the technology that is accessible to us today is very different than, than it was before, right? So, I mean, you, you mentioned, um, you know, liking people's houses. Well, that used to only be something you could see driving through your neighborhood, right? But now I can open Pinterest or I can open Instagram and I can I can see all these beautiful ways people are updating their homes or, you know, the, the, the new construction that's out there. And so I think like we have to be careful because there are so many options and we visually get the opportunity to see how people are living their lives and how people are parenting and how, you know, how people, all the joke when, you know, I was raising Lauren was all the different Pinterest lunch ideas and, you know, all these things (laughs) that just drove me crazy because it was like, I, I don't have an interest in cutting her sandwich into all sorts of different shapes. And for you. (laughs) (laughs) And, but I think it's, it still makes you feel as though, there is a standard with which you need to achieve. And I, I think, again, as believers, as followers of Jesus, we need to come back to the example Jesus set. Yes, yes. And, you know, so often when we talk about some of those things that we can find technology-wise on social media, we talk about how it affects our kids today. And that's huge. I, I, I'm not discounting that because I, I look at the world our children are being raised in and when they're just confronted all of the time with um, things they can imitate uh, that they shouldn't be or how that makes them feel. But I think some of your examples you just gave just is a great reminder that it's all of us. It's not just our kids today. It's not just the younger generation, that there are temptations everywhere to imitate things that make us feel less than, that makes us feel not as worthy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that whole nasty game of comparison is just, it's a its a black hole of inadequacy. Right. You know, and, and so the thing to re- recognize in this, number one, I love that Paul starts out in verse one, and he says, um, as God's, uh, you, because, he says, therefore, in every, imitate God in everything you do because you are his dear children. He starts again with that identity. Because you are loved, know where your worth comes from, because where your value comes from, that's the place that then you know that when you imitate the Lord, that he's going to be the one thing that doesn't fail you. Right. 
Right. I mean, it's going to be, right, everything that is good and everything that is true and everything that is right and everything that is loving. And I mean, you know, that list can go on and on, but it's really important for us to root our identity in Christ. Yes, because all those other things are going to fail us, right? That's the problem. And And I'm pulling this again from your teaching of saying, you know what, we can look to all of those other things, but name one thing on that list that is not going to fail us. Right. And we experience that, right? So if we're really honest with ourselves, you know, we've done that. Maybe we've been influenced by someone's, you know, marketing and we and we buy the thing that they <laughs> that they've been marketing to us and we wear the dress and we realize, oh, well this isn't really quite the same, right? It's not <laughs> I it's hate not, when that happens. It doesn't really look the same on me as it did. Or you know, just I mean that's a silly example, but those are things, right, where we can feel like that. If I'm going to update something in my house, what is the end goal, right? What what am I really seeking in in these things that I'm doing, right? And I think the more we we're willing to ask ourselves what is the root cause of my desire to, to imitate these things, right? The more we're going to just understand kind of the, the state of our heart, if yes, you will. Yes, yes. That's so important and so good and such the place that we need to start to have this conversation. So I appreciate you just rooting us there because Paul's going to go into um, this whole section about kind of do's and don'ts. And we're going to spend some time talking about some of the don'ts, this list that he gives us, uh, starting in verse three. But before I get there, I want to call out something else. Uh, Again, as you were teaching, and just it was such a pleasure to just sit under your teaching and and learn from you, because you you call out this idea that it's not just about when we imitate things that aren't God, when we choose other things to imitate in the world, um, it's not just about what that does to us as individuals, but there's also this collective of um, collective impact in the body of Christ. And I love that you point this out because we've been saying throughout this whole series on Ephesians that that Ephesians is the letter that Paul is writing, not just to you, Kathy, and me, Sue Ann, and people who are listening, but he's writing it to the church. He's calling the church to a higher standard. And so if we just think about this idea of it, who we imitate and why that's important at an individual level, we're missing out on this bigger call uh, to to take a moment and and ask ourselves what impact um, we can have as a church on who we imitate. And so you had some great notes on that. Share share a little bit about what bubbled up for you with that. Well, and I think it's important to note that it's not like in our own striving. And I, I said that in my teaching, but I mean, it seems like such a lofty goal, right? So he's like, imitate God and live a life of love. And you're like, whoa. That is a big, that's a big thing, right? God is perfect, and I am not going to be. Mm. Um, and I know we're going to touch on like what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit, but it is only because the Spirit is in me and transforming me and working in, right, you and I as, as um, followers of Jesus, that, w- that we can even look like, right, that, that transformation, that we can even have that experience um, in our lives. And so I think then as we look at how, the Holy Spirit transforms us individually, it it does give the world a picture of what the church is. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important for us to not, we live in a very individualistic world, right? It's all about me. It's all about how I look. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that what's important about that is to step beyond ourselves and to remember that I represent 
I represent God to the world around me. I represent my local church here to the world around me, and I represent you know the global church. Um, and that that matters because sometimes who I interact with and who you interact with, like you you and I have different circles of friends or different neighbors or different different part of our community. And we might be the only picture mm. of the love of Christ that someone sees. Mm. And so I think it matters how we show up. And um, I think that does take a little bit of that um, keeping our eyes on on God and keeping our eyes kind of lifted off of not, it's not just about Yes, me. yeah. And that perspective, having that perspective when you walk into a room, a setting, when you're interacting, what does the way of love look like? Right. How, how do I How do I understand myself as this bigger reflection of who God is to a world who might not know Christ and who are who are judging the church and judging who God is sometimes based on how well we as individuals love and I think that's such an important important thing to keep in the forefront of our mind as we uh, as we just move through life right right well and I think that's why he goes from imitate God to live a life filled with love like Jesus mm-hmm. and <clears throat> those things are Really, like without love, you you can't do a lot of the other things that that you're going to be called to do. And so, kind of rooted in rooted in Christ and allowing the Spirit to transform us. But how we love people mm. is a picture of Jesus's love. And I think that that's something that marked his life. And yes. I think that's why people were drawn to him was because he took time for people and he cared for people and he cared for people that the world didn't care about mm-hmm. and and so i you know i said in my teaching it's easy to love people it's easy to love it is hard to love people that it is hard to love <laughs> and that's where we're called to yes yeah and that is and sometimes we have to and we have to intentionally put ourselves in those spaces you know to be surrounded it's it's also easy to surround ourselves with people that we like that uh, are easy to love and are we putting ourselves in places where imitating that love of God is sometimes a little more challenging <laughs> than than others and and even just i mean sometimes i think we we maybe overthink this a mm-hmm. little bit so yes i completely agree with you and also but oh, how do I treat the person at Starbucks? Yes. And how am I interacting with the person in Target? And, you know, I mean, I think all of those things matter. And, mm-hmm. you know, we may not see the fulfillment of that in someone's life, but it's, I'm I'm accountable. I'm accountable for how I show up and interact with people. Yes. Yeah. So good. So good. Well, um, we could camp out on that one verse. This is what always happens here at Deeper Still. We start with like one verse and we go pretty deep. And I, I'm always pained to move us along to the next thing. But that also has to be the foundation as we move into the next set of verses, verses um, three, to, 3 through 9. Because like you said, if we don't have this foundation of living a way of love, we're never going to be able to do the things that, that Paul tells us to um not imitate <laughs> to step away from and so he goes into some pretty like heavy things here he, he rattles off this list and so um he says but among you among you there may not there must not even be a hint of sexual or immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for god's holy people nor should there be obscenity foolish talk coarse joking which are out of place um, but rather thanksgiving and we're going to talk about some of those but rathers at the end of the conversation um he says this for this 
uh, you can be sure no immoral, impure, or greedy person has ever, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. And so there are there are some uh, some heavy things that go along with this that we don't we don't fully inherit what God has for us when we don't walk in the way of love. And so um, he goes on in verse eight and he says, let's, he says, also, I want to remind you because you don't live like that, like abstain from these things because that's not who you are. You know, Paul throughout this whole letter of Ephesians has been reminding the Gentile believers, like you used to live like this and now you live like this. That used to be who you are, but that's not who you are anymore. And in verse eight is this beautiful reminder once again, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. And so live that way, live like you've been called out of darkness and now you are light, not just living in the light, but you are actually light. And so Kathy, we were laughing because when I asked you to come and teach this at the women's at our, uh, the well Bible study, I was like, wow, Ephesians chapter five, huh? Kathy, you're new to our ministry. Just jump in there and, and talk about this, but you did. So what, uh, what kicks up when we just start at the beginning of that, you know, with that list that just seems like such a tall order, where do you start with that? Yeah, there's a lot there. <laughs> and I, I like to start in that it is not confusing. You're not left to wonder <laughs> how you're to live. Um, I love that about how Paul speaks, and I love the language there, right? The use of words like everything, not even a hint of. And so for me, I, I'm somebody that I don't I don't, don't beat around the bush, like just tell it straight. And so I, I love Bible passages like this where you're like, you know what? This is very clear. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, ouch, Paul, back <laughs> off a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's good. Give it to me. Give me all my boundaries. Uh, and so he does. He, he lays it all out. And to, to draw us back, and Sue Ann, you've done this um, throughout all of your um, podcasts on Ephesians, is bringing it back to the church. And so I think that's an important place to start. And that's where I started in my teaching with this, is that the church in Ephesus was being called to look different than the world around them. And the world around them practiced and accepted and exalted a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're on the list. I mean, that's why Paul is saying there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality, right? You must not even partake in these things. You must not even talk about it. You must not joke about it. Um, because it was a city where they they worshiped goddesses and they, they practiced some of these, you know, this, this idea that kind of anything, anything goes in, in the sexual world. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, like a lot of the commentaries suggested, it's not different in our world today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you look around and I was, I was just, um, you know, even looking at statistics on pornography, when we look at that and it, it it's such an area that I know is uh, sometimes hard to talk about. And it's also so prevalent, uh, in our, in our world. And when I look at things that like, um, one in five mobile searches are for pornography, uh, $3 million every second. I, I can't even get my mind around that. Like $3 million a second is made in um, the pornography industry, uh, industry that 64% of Christian men and 15% of Christian women say they watch pornography at least once a month. And so it's like there there is... Um, there is stuff all around us all the time that we see. And then there's also, and Paul, Paul talks about the fact that these are um, those, the things done in darkness. Uh, I'm not seeing the verse right in front of me right now, but those, those oh, fruitless deeds of darkness. And I think sometimes we, we see the world around us that plays out in those ways that there's sexual immorality all around us. And then when you 
think about the world of par- pornography and just the darkness that it is and it's secret and and I just think um, there is we'd be foolish to think that these words don't apply as much to us today as they did back then right well and you know also um how sad it is that the world is attempting to not make this look like darkness, mm. right? So, I mean, the the world and the movement that we see um, in society around us is suggesting it isn't darkness. And so it's really important for us as believers yeah. to call ourselves back to not only who we are and what we're rooted in, but like what is called of us in, in our lives and to what does God call right and good and true, because that's how we know. Yes. Um, and so I think that that's really important, too, because I think the more that we see it in the world around us, the more it just feels like everybody accepts it. Yes. Right? So then yeah. it doesn't seem quite like the deeds of darkness because right. it's happening it's around. All, all around. That's right. Um, so I, I do. I think it's an important thing for us to, to pause on. I think it's an important thing for us to talk about um, – and I said this a little bit in my teaching, but you know, what what do I find entertaining? Mm. What, what do I spend my time doing when I have time on my hands? Um, what do I laugh at? What what do I find? You know, I I think it's interesting. Uh, we we talked a little bit about this, but just just that these verses name not only the physical acts, but also like the words and the talking that go along with it. Like words are so important and I'm such a big person on words, but I think that it's really interesting that he calls out both. Mm. And so it's like we have a culture that not only finds a lot of things permissible, but we find it humorous. Yes. So Mm. it's that call, um, I think, to ask ourselves and to be really honest with ourselves about what am I amused and entertained by? And if I am entertained and amused by the things that God hates, then I I need the Holy Spirit to work my heart in in that area. Yeah. Wow. Do you have any uh, examples of what some of those things may look like? Um, Because I do think that that's something way easier to overlook than um, maybe some of these more uh, overt things that we can say, oh, that's wrong. Yes, that's not of God. But some of these, like this starts to feel like a little bit of a gray area sometimes to say, okay, gosh, what 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 do I find entertaining that is not of God? That's a really powerful question to ask ourselves. And I think, I think it calls us to be really honest. Mm-hmm. Again, because because it can almost feel like Oh, it's everywhere. And so then what am I watching? Or what movie do we see? Or, you know, what comedian am I laughing at? I mean, I just feel it feels a little bit like it's infiltrated so many areas. And I I feel like this a little bit um, as he looked at the church in Ephesus, because I I picture it a little bit the same. I picture it like just that was their way of life. Mm. Right. And so that um, that call again, like that's your old life and this is your new life. And I think that where it gets dangerous for us is not in necessarily me calling out specific things right now, but it gets dangerous for us to get too comfortable mm. that the old life is really far gone from us. Wow. And and so, you know, am, am I continually, right? I, I think that there's really a daily call to, Lord, reveal reveal in my life where I might be participating in something, maybe watching something, I might be laughing at something that isn't honoring to you. Yes, yes. And 
and I think the further we get from, or the more steeped in it we get, we don't recognize. We just, we don't even, it's the waters we swim in, right? And so we don't even recognize it. Totally. And I mean, I think even just, you know, just personal experience, you could say, you know, the the further down that road I walk, the less I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, right? Because I'm just kind of, it's just accepted in my my way of life. And so I think it's an intentional Practice. I mean, I I don't know. I guess that's how I look at it. I think it's just this intentional practice of um, having saving space for Mm -hmm. healthy conviction in in our lives. And um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the what the spirit says is right for you and and right for me and wrong for someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I do think that that can change, and I do think it can look different in different seasons. I do think that there's probably things more people are are vulnerable or, or trigger maybe a response differently in people. But I think we all need to be like in a position of humility and willing to, to and willing to say, okay, yeah. God, you know, I, I want to, I, I want to be in this walk with you. I want that transforming work of the spirit. I want to let go of things that yeah. don't honor you. Yeah. And, you know, I liked, I used this in my teaching, but I did really like this, um, this idea that I heard a pastor once say, like, we don't joke about it because Christ died on the cross for it. Mm. And I, I think that um, that's really sobering. And I don't know if we ask ourselves that mm. enough. Like, I don't know if we really look at the things that we participate or we view or we hear or we see around us yeah. in that same light. Yeah, I agree. I agree. One of the the most life-transforming teachings I heard on this, I was uh, young. We were on staff. We had just gone on staff with Chemist Crusade, and we're in a training um, process. And one of uh, the discipleship pastors was talking about this idea of what it means to entertain. And you use that word, too. And and you think about what you do when you entertain things or when you entertain in your home. You open the door, you Mm. welcome them in with joy, you sit at the table, you invite them to stay longer, you laugh, you're, you're present, you're enjoying that whole, um, whole experience when it's time for them to go you don't want to let them Mm -hmm. leave and I just will never forget that like what we entertain um you know it's like and then it's really easy when we start to entertain it and enjoy it it just starts to infiltrate Mm -hmm. more and more and so Mm -hmm. saying asking ourselves from the outset right putting the what are we going to even open the door to to allow in our homes to allow in our minds to allow in our hearts and saying am I entertaining something that am I enjoying this a little bit in a way that I need to ask my guests to leave mm-hmm. and I need to actually lock the go- door and not let them back in. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, just a couple of thoughts this going through my head. <laughs> One is um, bringing it back to the church, right? So then when, when you and I and other people who are followers of Jesus do this together, mm. it it doesn't look as as hard. I don't know if that's maybe the right word for that, but like it doesn't look as hard um, because you know you have partners in this mm-hmm. with you. Um, and I and I would think that the other thing um, that's running through my mind is we need to make life with Jesus attractive mm. to people because there are people who are in that lifestyle. There are people who are in those deeds of darkness and they're looking for mm. someone who can help them. And that's where I think we muddy the waters a little bit. If we are participating in things mm. that we're not supposed to, then how can we help? Yeah. Right? Like if you're drowning and I'm drowning, like I'm not going to look to you to help me. Right. And so it's mm. like, how, how do we help kind of paint that picture different? And I think Paul was 
looking at that, right? Like the church in Ephesus, how do how do you look different in this culture around you? Um, how do you be that light, which where I know we're going to get to, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and just just that we're not again another verse like just that we're not asleep in the midst of it around us like right. that we are actively pursuing this life with God because it is good and mm. it offers this abundance and this freedom and that that's attractive to people yeah. and and are we living that life right so then as you and I choose to show up as individuals right mm. that impacts how people see the church and so what what's that look like? Yeah, and I love that you just said that because it's not like you could go down a path of legalism on this, right? Like totally. Like where you're just like setting up that kind of life or shaming other people or judging other people, but what you just said about there is a life that God invites us into that's filled with goodness and grace and and abundance that that's the invitation, right? That's our it's not about a list of do's and don'ts, it's because we know God is inviting us into a life that is so good. He wants us to taste and see it. Right. Well, and also uh, let me be clear that it, it, I'm also not in a position of perfection, right? right. I don't I don't get to reach that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I am, however, <laughs> <and> but so, <laughs> it's not like I'm standing from a place looking to help people because I'm so great. Right, like, right. no, not at all. Yeah. And I think that's another place, right, yeah. where the church needs to be a place of like, I am a sinner saved by grace yeah. and you are welcome in this place yes. and, and, and come be here with us because we're the same. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm not. I'm no different. That's right. No different. Yeah. That's right. Um, you brought up the light, and there's this beautiful verse, uh, verse 13, where Paul says, "But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light." And I love that um, Paul has this call, like, "Don't stay in the darkness." If you're in one of those places, like. Don't stay in the darkness. Bring it into the light. Call one another into the light because when it comes becomes visible, uh, we it, that's where it can be healed. That's where it can be um, like exposure is good. Sometimes we think exposed mm-hmm. is a is a negative thing, and like in this case, it's like no. When we step into the light, that's when God does His best work. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I love actually how he talks about, and I had never really paused until I, I dug in deep to do this teaching, how you once were darkness, but now you are light in the yes. Lord. And I love that that was not like this circumstantial change, though true also that we were in darkness. But I love that he's like, you were once darkness. And you got you all talked about, I think maybe one of the weeks Chris was on, you talked about, um, or maybe Lisa, sorry, or you were dead in your sins, like yes. what it means to be dead. And I feel like this is the same, right? Yes. So it was like, you were once once darkness like there was no light in you yes (laughs) and I think there's so much hope that we can give people right because we have we have the light of the Lord and everyone has that opportunity to have the light of the Lord to not be darkness anymore um, and so, yeah, just not not just a change in their circumstances, but like an inward change. It's an identity. Yeah, I mean, we've been right. talking all about this, right? It's not just about our behavior. There is a there is an identity right. that when we come to know Christ and we live in that, that now we are light right. because of He is light, and that's an identity change. It's not just about behavior. That's so good. I'm so glad right. you brought that up. Right? Yeah. Well, and I think, um, and I, I shared a funny story about my mom and her flashlight. I love we this story. <laughs> I was hoping you would share this because it's been it's stuck with me ever since you shared it. Oh, I, I'll give the abbreviated version. My mom had a flashlight. Um, she still does, really. Um, but when we were growing up, one of her 
favorite uses of this flashlight was to catch us when we were <laughs> doing things wrong. So I, I talked a little bit about how we never shut our bedroom doors when we were young and her bedroom was directly, her and my dad slept directly across from where my bedroom door was. And so um, my older sister and I used to try to like sneak into each other's rooms. And my mom, even though we thought we were completely silent, she, I mean, she always caught us and she would turn that flashlight on. She wouldn't even get out of bed. She would just reach for it on her nightstand and she would shine it down the hallway and she would catch us in the middle of the hallway like didn't speak a word and you just knew you were busted and you needed to turn around and go back to bed like it was time for sleep so um i love that about my mom she still does keep a flashlight on her nightstand and um friends (laughs) that i grew up with still remember like she would do that sleepovers too my mom uh and her flashlight so um well very well known very well known part of my mom's life love her dearly Mm -hmm. um but i i I did make that distinction of and, and you and i just talked a little bit about this like that that light that we get when we get the spirit is not then for us to be like you're sinning and you're sinning and you're sinning and you're like that's not what it's for right and that I loved this idea um, that that it's your it's just part of who you are and so it goes with you and mm-hmm. I think so often um, we we love to speak words and we think that it's going to be our words that are transforming in someone else's life. And I think so often God just uses the light mm. and and that if we're willing to walk in his ways, right, if we're willing to imitate God, if we're willing to, to, to fall into that life of love like Jesus did, then that light goes with us. And I, I, you know, I gave some examples when I taught just, you know, the, the times that people have conversations and they say they're not going to use certain words around you because they, they know you go to church or they know you love Jesus or, um, you know, I've had friends tell me, oh, no, you can't watch that show because that's not something you would do. And so I, I think that's the light. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the light that goes with us. Yeah. And I think that's such an important reminder, too, of just some of our earlier conversations about, you know, we have all these spheres of influence. And I say this all the time in women's ministry. I think women have such a unique influence in this world, not better or less than anybody else, but just the spheres that we walk in and travel through as women, whether it's in our schools, our homes, our workplaces, our churches, like our neighborhoods, our friendships, our families. There's so many different circles that I think women can influence and impact. And what what a just beautiful reminder as we think about we are light. And that our light goes with us in all of those um, places and spaces. And so how do we ask God to just make us brighter um, in those spaces? Because you never know what someone else is going to see. You never know know what light they need. You never know what they're going to see in you. That's going to, again, going back to what you said about being that attractive place where maybe they're in a place of darkness and they're attracted to your light and they think, okay, this is something I need. And so the opportunity for that is just a really, really powerful thing. Right. Right. And I think just we're naturally attracted to light, right? When you're in the darkness, I mean, all the science behind what your eyes do to try to see some type of light, like it's, I mean, how much more attractive is the light of the Lord? Amen. So good. So good. Um, all right. Well, we're we're getting close to ending here already. And so I, we're, I'm going to move us on to uh, just these last few verses because Paul does leave us with some good hope. And so he doesn't leave us in the dark. Uh, not that he has already, but, you know, he reminds us, be careful, right? Be careful. Don't, don't live unwise, but live as, as wise women, live as wise people. That's why these choices and these things we're talking about are so important. important. 
And then um, he says, instead, I actually love that, you know, instead is such kind of a boring word. But when I was studying this passage and getting to this place, it's like you're talking about these heavy kind of things. And then it's like, no, instead, this beautiful contrast. And he says, instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And then he goes on to say some very beautiful things, speaking to one another with psalms, with hymns, with songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, the Father for everything, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Kathy, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about what stood out to you um, with some of these things that go with the instead, be filled with the Spirit, and some of the ways that, that Paul tells us to light up our light, um, if, if that could be a phrase. Uh, what, what kind of stood out to you in those verses? Well, I love this idea that anything that fills us will hinder our thinking. So he uses the example of alcohol, but I, I, I like to start in that place where he's talking about anything else that fills you up besides the spirit, mm-hmm. it's going to hinder Right, how, how we act. It's going to hinder how we think. It's going to hinder what we do. And so um, so he gives us this, like, instead be filled with the Spirit, right? And here are things that are going to happen from it. And I think the first is really that we're going to worship God publicly. Uh, and I think that that's where you see him reference the singing and the get, getting together to sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves. And I think this is, this is what we do as believers, right? And this mm-hmm. is what they did back then. So they gathered together um, and they, they worshiped God publicly. And then he says, you know, we're going to privately worship. We're going to make music in our hearts to the Lord, right? And I think that this is an opportunity to um, to pray and to have that relationship with the Lord and that intimacy with the Lord and to um, have that work of the Holy Spirit in you and to take time to pray and praise privately in our relationships with the Lord um, through the power of the Spirit at work in us. Then he says, and we will give thanks. And I think that this is something, right, we could do a whole entire podcast mm-hmm. on just the all the references to giving thanks. And this is something that um, I put in place in my life, actually, after a dear friend of mine passed away, um, was this opportunity to uh, write down what I was thankful for um, mm-hmm. each day. And, and he says, you're going to give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I think that this just reminds us that um, God is in control of everything. Mm. And um, while we may not be thankful for some of the difficulties in our lives, God is still at work. And we still have a hope that is beyond um, beyond this, this place mm. and that this is not our home. And so this practice of being grateful um, is something that I I think I've seen a lot of benefit from in my own life. It's just in lifting my eyes off of circumstances mm. and putting my eyes back on God who is right and true and good and has plan. And, um, and so I, I think that that is, um, that's something that I really love that he includes in this being filled with the spirit and just giving thanks. Um, and then he closes out and he says, you know, we'll submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And I think this is just a call to humility. This Mm -hmm. is a call to put others before ourselves. This is an example Jesus set. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he gave up his rights. He gave up, gave up everything and um, he submitted to the will of the Father. Yes. And I think that this is just a place that we see, you know, ultimately um, that, that just living that life of, of reverence uh, for Christ and thus putting other people before ourselves. 
Yeah, which is the ultimate, I mean, it's, it takes us back to where we started of living a life of love, living the example of Christ, because everything else is going to fail us. But when we come back to this place of really seeing the way that Jesus moved on this earth and, and rooting our identity there, it's like everything bubbles up from there and out of there, and and, it, and we're able to do uh, we can live this kind of life that we've talked about between verses one and and now you know verses twenty two of say it's all beginning and end with with the truth of who Jesus is and imitating that way of life and that way of love. Yes, yeah, which is a beautiful thing. Well, Kathy, I think we're about out of time, but I do want to give you the last word. If there's anything that uh, we didn't cover, any of uh, just. Words of encouragement, maybe that you would say to someone listening that um, maybe is just needing to be reminded to to live this way of life or live in the light um, more. Do you have any final words or words of encouragement you would tell someone? You know, I think I would encourage you that it's simpler than we think, mm. and that um, we can wake up every morning and and we can pray that the Spirit would guide us and. Um, help us to follow in God's ways, right? That through his power at work in us, um, that we would love the people he puts in front of us. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a a big one. Um, Sometimes I think the needs um, or the hurting world around us can seem overwhelming. And so just the reminder that we're called to to love the people he puts in our path today mm. and, um, and, to, and to do that well. Mm. And that as long as we are pressing into the spirit and we're in God's word, um, he, he will lead and guide us. He is true uh, to do a good work in you and I. And, and so I, I would encourage you to, to make those steps simple mm. in your daily life. Mm. That's such a great word to Edna. And Kathy, thank you so much for being here with us today. I hope you'll come back. I will. Thanks okay. for having me. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Well, friends, I hope you find some encouragement in that today, that you just have an encouragement to walk in the light, to keep it simple, as Kathy said, to ask God to just fill you with his spirit. And to remember, it's not just for our own individual relationship with the Lord, but it's a way to be an imitator of this way of life, this way of love that Jesus calls us to, especially in a dark and weary world. So if you've enjoyed today's episode, I do hope you'll share it on social media, pass it along to a friend, email us, um, let us know how this episode or how Deeper Still has been impacting you at Christchurch Women on Facebook or Instagram. Um, We always, always love to hear from you. So uh, follow us if you don't and let us know how you're doing today. Also, don't forget to register for our local IF gathering on April 29th and 30th. Um, Just when you finish listening to this episode, open your computer, go to Christchurch.us forward slash IF gathering and register today. You don't want to miss it. Uh, I also wanted to let you know before I let you go today that next week we are coming back with a special Holy Week um, podcast where our guests will be the one and only our Christchurch lead pastor Dan Meyer. And I'm just so excited to welcome Dan uh, back and just to have a really candid conversation about some of his personal reflections on Holy Week, on what it means to him, and uh, what's kicked up for him as we've gone through this sermon series that we're in right now called No Wonder They Crucified Him. So be sure to come back and listen to that as part of your Holy Week experience. But until then, I do hope you have a great day. Uh, Go in the grace and peace of our Lord, and don't forget as you go on your way to pay attention how God might be calling you to go deeper still. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you back next week.